good evening, Rock Hill and the world, depending on what time you're watching this. I'm Chris Carrado with Rock Hill Video. On the 27th of August, we talked to Daryl Green. Uh, he's a boxer who has a pro fight coming up at the end of September. Um, unfortunately, the recording didn't go through the way we would have liked it to have. So I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of what we talked about. It shouldn't be too hard to follow as uh, Daryl is sharing information about his boxing and whatnot. What we wanted to talk about with Daryl was, you know, learn a little bit about himself, his personal life, um, you know, where he's from, and talk about his boxing. You know, when did he start? Why does he box? Uh, learn about his weight class, his professional fights. Definitely wanted to learn about his influences, whether it be boxing or non-boxing. Uh, what his favorite and least favorite parts about boxing are. Um, advice he has for new people coming along in boxing. Uh, how he feels before a fight. You know, what does he do to get ready to prepare. Uh, the thoughts he might have while fighting. What's going through his mind. Whether when he's hurt or tired and how he overcomes that. And definitely wanted to learn about the flip side. When he's dominating an opponent. You know, what does he do? What goes through his mind? And just learning anything else he might want to share about boxing. And this is a political show so we definitely wanted to learn more about his thoughts on the 2020 election, uh, racial division, Black Lives Matter, uh, his response to COVID-19, and definitely wanted to learn how this impacted his boxing and his personal life, and definitely wanted to see uh, anything else he wanted to share or state on the interview. Uh, and then, of course, I do want to share that um, whenever people come on my show, uh, this is not meant to bash anyone or praise anyone. Um, everyone has an equal opportunity to talk about the facts, the issues, and how they feel about it. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, just uh, grew up in a um, I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina. That's where I um, that's where I'm from. But uh, all of my people are from St. Matthews, South Carolina, which is a small town outside of uh, Orangeburg. Um, really country town. So I grew up doing a lot of country stuff. My grandfather was a farmer. So I grew up on a farm doing farm stuff. So, um, but it gave me the, uh, it gave me the push to be a grinder, uh, because I didn't knew I didn't want to do any farm stuff when I grew up. So, uh, just gave me a lot of work ethic, uh, mo moved up to, uh, Rock Hill, actually went to Winthrop university, ran track at Winthrop university. Um, from there, I coached track at UNCC. And uh, after I left there, I, um, I, um, I started boxing like maybe nine years ago, um, probably a little bit more than that, um, when I became a police officer. And um, it's been, been doing boxing ever since. About nine years ago, yeah. I'm 34. Yep. Uh, CMPD, Charlotte McWhorter Police Department. So when I came into the police department, um, I've always liked boxing. Boxing was always one of those things I liked, but South Columbia, South Carolina is not a good place to even think about trying to box. Um, so I didn't know anything about boxing in South Carolina. So of course I ran track while I was in South Carolina, but it was always something that I've always loved. 
I grew up watching Roy Jones, Antonio Tarver, um, Mike Tyson a little bit. He was a little bit before, like when I was real, real young, a little Mike, um, Felix Trinidad, those cats during that age. But I was a real big Roy Jones fan at the time. Um, but, you know, never really got a chance to do it until I moved up to Charlotte. I um, I was in the police department and realized um, we did some hand-to-hand combat training and realized that it was just something that I was really into doing and also knew that I needed more training in it so that I could be confident just in case I ever had to need it, use it. And um, found a couple gym, went to a couple gyms, then fell out, fell in, fell out, fell in. And just um, when I got with the trainers that I'm with now, just fell back in love with it. I fight one, I fight in the super middleweight. So about 160, I rarely fight at 166. I've had three. So this, this will be my fourth fight. Four rounds so far. Out there. Yeah, when you first get into it, it's, it's, it's very new and, um, very new to me i didn't know anything about boxing when i first got in so i mean you know what's what you see on tv but as far as training is concerned and how it feels to go those three minutes and then you know you really get a a appreciation for those guys that go 10 12 rounds so back then it was those guys like roy like i said roy jones antonio tarver those guys but you know like i didn't Boxing wasn't something you had to have HBO to watch boxing. So I didn't and I didn't have HBO and my mom and them wasn't buying pay-per-view fights. So it was usually just something that you catch on a rerun on on probably on some regular uh, sports show. Um, but as I got back into it, I started, you know, watching a whole bunch of other different people learning, you know, just learning styles. Um you know, everybody watches Mayweather, but if that's not really a style, you know, he's a big defensive fighter and he does counterpunching and stuff like that, which is not really my style. So you end up falling in love with people that um, you kind of like like to emulate. And uh, one of my big ones is a, actually a local guy that I used to watch a lot, which is uh, Paul Williams. Um, he's actually from around the area. Um, but I don't really I don't use I don't fight like him, but I like his style. Not much defense, but a whole lot of offense. I do like I do like to be more aggressive. I don't I don't throw a lot of fast punches, but they my punches do hurt. My favorite is training with the guys, just being in there with a whole bunch of people that love boxing, like the camaraderie. You know, just after leaving work for a long day, you go in the gym and everybody's just you know like it hurts, it sucks sometimes, but at the end of the day. You know, you with your boys, you with your, you know, they almost, they like family to you. And it's it's like once you're there, nothing else really matters except for getting better in, at, at, at your craft. That's it. The least favorite is dieting. I hate dieting. And my coach will tell you, like, he'll be like, yo, when Green finishes with his fight, he blows up every time as far as my weight is concerned because um, I eat a lot. I like eating. Yeah, I actually just, I actually just finished with a detox, um, just to get my body ready and prime for the um, 
the diet that I'm about to start. Um, the biggest thing is amateurs, especially in this area, is just really uh, because I have a chance to work out, work with a lot of amateur fighters. So I guess the biggest piece of advice is just to stick with it. It's just, you know, you're in the gym almost every day. Then you'll go to a fight. Sometimes you don't get a fight. So it'll be, you know, and then sometimes you get a fight and then it falls through. And it's just a lot of politics and amateur boxing and stuff like that. So my biggest thing is just to stick with it. It's a long and grueling process from what I've seen. Um, fortunately, I wasn't able to, um, with the first trainer that I had, I, um, I didn't ever get to do any amateur boxing, which I wish I did. But from what I see, um, because I helped train with the, I kept train the amateur boxers in my gym from time to time. It can be a long, arduous process. So in every sport that I've ever done, you always, it's usually, you usually, um, it go, you usually do whatever you're going to do kind of earlier in the day. So you're talking about like maybe one or two, three o'clock in, in the afternoon or something like that. Fighting at eight, nine o'clock at night like it's a drag because that day drags on and you don't want to eat too much, but you don't want to eat too little. You want to have enough energy, but you don't want to let a lot of food on your stomach before a fight. So just navigating what's too much food, what's just enough food is a lot. And then, you know, that fight is on your mind all day long. And then, you know, like when you finally get to the fight, it's like, oh my goodness, it's go time. I can't believe it's actually here. And then you know, like you get there really early to get everything together and meet with the officials and stuff like that. But once you get there, it's like the time just slips through your fingers and it's time for you to box already. So it's like everything is slow, 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 and then fast. Um, a lot of motivational stuff. Like I watch, um, I watch a lot of motivational things on YouTube early in the morning just to get my mind ready for the day. Um, Try to keep a lot of negativity out of my out of my um, camp, because um, just too much on the mind is 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 not conducive to great boxing. Um, it is a thinking man sport. Anybody will ever tell. Everybody will tell you that um, it is way more mental than it is physical. Um, even though the physical helps, if you're not mentally ready to do anything, you get you're gonna get beat up. So um, the biggest thing is just keeping my mind mentally prepared, which the best way for me to do it a lot of the times is just um, to make sure that I keep myself away from negativity. So I bring positivity in my mind first thing in the morning, watching motivational speakers and stuff like E.T. and and stuff like that. My biggest thing is just making sure I keep my technique. Um, not over committing while making sure I'm still um, very aggressive, um, making sure that I'm crisp, uh, try not to make many mistakes. Um, and that's just that's just the biggest thing, just making sure I stay sharp and not making any mistakes because, you know, like mistakes can cost you dearly in this sport. Like you never know how many punches it's going to take for you to be knocked out. So I try not to take many at all. 
Well, I overcome that because I've been in that situation. Uh, my coaches put me through that exact situation in practice all the time. Um, we work out, then we'll spar or we'll spar and then we'll work out. And he expects you to be, my coach expects you to be at, you know, to perform at a high level, whether you're tired or not. So putting myself in that tired space way before I ever get in the ring gives me the confidence to understand that I can do, you know, like I can go, you know, like I may fight four rounds in a ring, but, you know, I'll spar eight, 10, 12 rounds when I'm in practice. Right. You know, you quadruple the rounds, you cut half the rest, like, you know, like, so like it's, you know, that way when you get in there, you know, you don't have to worry about being tired. It's easy. Well, the thing about it is, is taking advantage of openings when you have them. Um, I don't ever want anybody to think like they have a chance with me when I'm in the ring with them. So if I'm dominating or I get to a point where where um, I feel like I have an opening to knock them out, I'm going to take it. Um, just because. I don't want you to have that belief in your mind that you even have a chance to win this at all. And, um, and that's just how I fight. I don't, I don't, I don't want you to think you have a chance. I want you to get in there and be like, yo, I, I might as well throw in the towel. Cause he, he got me. No, nah, not too much. Just, you know, just what, you know, like we've already talked about. I haven't prepared anything else excited i think a lot of people i got to see him when he was at the tail end of his career um i know it's a little bit like it's a scary to some people because you know he's over 50 years old you know so you know the ability for him to get hurt you know like stuff don't heal is 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 easy when you're older than when you're younger so i think a lot of people are uh afraid but i think a lot of people are also excited to see what he's got he's going to bring to the table that's what he was known yeah that's what he was known for people would spend a hundred dollars to watch him fight not really caring about like the pre-fights you better watch those pre-fights because if you're looking for just the mike tyson fight you go not you ain't getting your money's worth because it wasn't going the rounds it wasn't going the distance not in the big, not in the early stages. Um. So we're in a very weird, well, not weird. We're in a place I think that America hasn't been in, in a long time. I'm not going to sit here and say that we've never been in this place because I feel like we have. Um, but I wasn't here for it. Um, I think that a lot of people allow people to sway their attention without doing proper research in what people or what the candidates have to offer them. I feel like if you can, if you're going to vote for someone, you should vote for someone because they, they hold a stance that you believe in, not just because that's the majority of what people around you are going to vote for. I feel like if you can sit, if you can sit here and tell me, and you don't have to tell me because it's your vote, but 
at the end of the day. But if you can just, I feel like if people can sit there and give a reason why they vote for them outside of the fact that, well, I've always voted Republican or I've always reported, voted Democrat, then I mean, you know, you let the chips fall where they may. Um, I'm not really one to kind of tell people how they vote or get on people for who they vote for and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's our freedom of choice that we um, that we get to uh, participate in when we decide to vote here in this country. But, you know, I just want people to do research on who they're voting for and have a good reason as to why they're voting for them, not just because they kind of they kind of represent you with in whatever way walk of life they decide to do. So, and I've, you know, like I've said it, you know, being a police officer, it's, it's crazy because you, I've always told people like, it sucks because you get it on both ends. Um, you know, like, first and foremost, I'm a black man who has to go through life. And when I'm not in my uniform, I'm a black guy. So any black issues that or African-American issues or whatever you like, or, you know, colorism issues that people deal with, I deal with them when I'm not in uniform and when I am in uniform, regardless of, you know, because those same biases that, that you see out in, on the street, I see those every day when I go to work from time to time, just depending on who I deal with. Um, on, but, you know, like, but there's also also, I've met a lot of good police officers, way more. And when I say good police officers, I'm talking about good people, not necessarily talk about the job they do. I'm just talking about people, people part. Um, and also I get it, you know, like a lot of people when I'm wearing the uniform, they only see the uniform. You know, like they don't understand that when I see stuff, where someone is getting shot and, you know, they don't have a weapon in their hand based on, you know, like my training and experience, I understand, I know what should happen. I know what I've been trained to do. I know how it's supposed to go. It's different in it. You know, the laws are different in every state, but based on my training, which it doesn't vary much from state to state, I can tell you what he should, they should have done. And that's what infuriates me and a lot of my colleagues, you know, because, you know, like I hang out with a lot of black police officers and all of us get infuriated when we see that type of stuff, mainly because it makes our job harder. You know, like you got a shooting that happened, you know, when it comes to George, no, not, it wasn't a shooting, but with George Floyd, where he kneels on his neck for nine minutes, you know, like, that happened all the way in Milwaukee, but we had riots in Charlotte. And it makes you upset because you had nothing to do with that, you know? So, but you have to pay for it. You know, like we went and we had to end up, we ended up working 12 hour shifts for seven days, you know? And I don't, you know, not a lot of people, not a lot of people work 12 hour shifts but usually when you work a 12 you work three you're off four you work four you're off three you know but so working back to back to back 12 hour shifts it's just it's very daunting on the body 
So, you know, like I get it from both sides, but people have to understand that it's more than just a uniform, that there's people behind the badge. But I can also understand that at the end of the day, anytime someone dies unjustly, it's too many. And um, if, you know, if reform does need to happen, but it's an all around reform, it's not just police reform, it's court reform, it's, it's law reform and legislation and all that other stuff. Because if you don't understand the law, you're bound to get bit by it every time. Well, I mean, you know, uh, unfortunately, I'm a central personnel. <laughs> so I've been working every day since COVID first came out. So everybody's been at home, but I've been in the streets working. So I didn't get time off, you know, like I didn't get to leave, you know. They changed some things. Um, well, our department, you know, you wear a mask every time you go on scene of a call or something like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, like other than that, the biggest thing is just, I think it's got a lot to do with your immune system. If you got a strong immune system, you'll be able to deal with it a lot more. You know, I've had colleagues that have had it, um, you know, and they sat out there 14 days and some people have gone through it with no problem and some people have struggled. Um, fortunately, none of, the none of the people that I've known that have had it have died. Um, but the biggest thing is, you know, Keep your hands safe, keep your hands clean, and don't get so close to people. I mean, that's what I've done, and I haven't, I haven't, fortunately, knock on wood, I haven't, you know, I haven't had a chance to, I haven't caught it or anything like that. So I think just people just need to be more conscientious of the transfer of drug, um, germs. I'll say that um, it's a bit, it's a bit troubling. Um, to me, just because, like I say, um, I'm not one that likes to be a bad guy. Um, my ba my, um, but it seems like no matter where you turn lately, when it comes to me being a black police officer, you're a bad guy at every turn. And, um, it doesn't feel good, especially when you took a job that I've taken to help people. Um, especially when you know you do the work. Well, when I know I do the work that I do and how I do it and in the, in the form that I do it. Um, I do a lot of community relations. I do a lot of community events. Um, you know, like I don't do it for extra money. I don't do it because, you know, it makes me look good. I do it because that's my passion. Uh, community has always been my passion. Uh, and there's a lot of officers that are just like that. So um, my stance is not to sit here and, and try to tell people that there are good police officers out there because that's not my stance. Um, my stance is, is just understand that there are police officers that hurt because of what goes on. and. You know, like just because someone messes up on a continual basis, which they have, you can't sit there and you can't, you can't not see the statistics. You can't not look at the numbers like they're there. 
And you and, you know, at this point, especially when they put it on video, you have to pay attention to them and you have to understand that there needs to be something done. But just understand that when you place all of that hurt, and I get it, I understand why you hurt, because it hurts me too. And I understand why people hurt. I understand why people are mad. I understand why people go and they trash buildings and they and they throw stuff because when you, when, when you bring violence to someone's doorstep, you can't expect for them not to bring violence out of the door. That's just the way, that's just the way violence is. If I punch you in the face, you're either going to do one or two things. You're either going to cower or you're going to punch me back. And people are just tired of getting punched in the face. And you can't expect for a group of people who continue to feel like they're downtrodden and, and, and get the short end of the stick to continue to take face punches and turn the other cheek. You can't expect that. And I don't expect it. I just hope that there's some type of solution that people can come to, to where all parties, maybe not all parties are happy, but we can get to a place where we can start healing, not only as a people, but as organizations. Because it's not, it's not a great place for any community to be in. Oh, yeah. Um, nothing really to share, just, you know, can't wait to see everybody at the fight, um, September 26th. Um, I'm Daryl the Dark Knight Green. Uh, we ended to win it. That's my thing. You know, I'm a big, I've always been a big Batman fan. Like, that's my dude. So, um, I, you know, I kind of take my name from there. But, I, you know, I also make it my own. It's just my thing. It's more than just Batman. It's, it's that, you know, it's the actual, you know, like, it's a, ideology behind that also so like i say just you know come out to the fight well can't really come out to the fight because of covid but um hopefully there'll be some type of streaming service that everybody can watch it and see how much work we put into this see the um the positive results that we have There is limited seating, but I think it has to, it's, it's for people that bought a, a ticket from back in March when we were supposed to have the um, fight in March. So, but that's that's what I was told. I mean, you know, things may change. Who knows? Uh, this oh yeah, yeah. This COVID thing is, is a work in process. It's day by day things change, you know, one week you can go to the bar, the next week you can't go to the bar and then they, then next week you can go to the bar, but they close at eleven. So I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't know what you're gonna get with COVID. I mean, 2020 has been a year for everybody. You can't sit here and say that 2020 hasn't been challenging to you on in any way, shape, or form. I think everybody's been tested this year. Outside, outside, started actually, actually started training, actually started training outside to so get used to it. Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's probably gonna be if it ain't you know lord willing it'll be like a nice september day so it'll be different